the Spot Track Podcast, talking sports contracts, the salary cap, and business of sports. Today's edition of the Spot Track Podcast is presented by The Athletic. Sports fans, there's no better place for breaking news, real time commentary, and unretirements than The Athletic. Visit theathletic.com slash spot track right now for 40% off that first year. That's theathletic.com slash spot track. I dropped the hammer. What else would I be talking about right now? I'm not going to do too much on Brady. I've got more questions than answers for you right now, but I do have at least a, a where are we right now with some projections about where things may be going. And then obviously I got to spend some time on Kirk Cousins because the, uh, the business king continues to do good business. It's not exactly what you think, though, and I'll get to that in a couple of minutes. But those will be the two big focuses today. There's some Watson stuff in here. I'm going to kind of run through the gamut of the past week of the NFL because, you know, if you thought free agency started March 16th and that's when the offseason officially started, uh, you've missed some things. So I'm going to run through a quick timeline. I think I'll start with that, actually. Remember Monday? You know, like six days ago? That's when Calvin Ridley was popped for a year for however you want to tackle this. He's been suspended for the rest of the year. Contractually speaking, I'm not sure I've ever I've actually spoken to this. I think I threw it up on Twitter and kind of let it go because it got real ugly and real opinionated, right? <laughs> there are two very good sides to that story. And uh, you can either like it or hate it, but the rule is the rule and he's suspended. So I have to kind of just go by that and update our set accordingly. Here's what happens with Calvin Ridley's $11 million fifth-year option. It just pushes. Because he's out the whole year, because he doesn't have a chance to earn any of it, it just tolls to 2023. So the Falcons get $11 million of cap space, which they desperately needed. And he gets the opportunity, at least, to come back and make that or get traded and make it somewhere else. But it's not like he has forfeited that salary. Now, I believe he has forfeited the guarantee for that salary because of the personal conduct. Um, and he has to apply for reinstatement. I believe it's February 15th, 2023. So it, it hasn't dissipated. He hasn't lost that money yet. He has simply just been pushed back on earning that money. But that's all I have for you in terms of that, that contract structure. And by the way, it sounds like he was out the door. It sounds like Philly, a couple of teams were all in on him. And there was a better landing spot for him in 2022 on that salary with probably an extension to follow. Something similar to what I would assume you know, Chris Godwin would be getting, Allen Robinson might be getting, you know, north of what Michael Gallup just got. So that's a bummer. Obviously, the uh, the rules are in place for a reason. You can love or hate the situation, but it's a, it's a tough business with that kind of stuff. But no money lost as of yet. That's the only way I can kind of wrap that one in a bow. So that was Monday. Tuesday, Aaron Rodgers Again, I'm not going to talk to the contract because we have nothing yet. Aaron Rodgers says he's going back to Green Bay. He officially has said that. That's all we know. We don't know if it's four years. We don't know if it's $200 million. We don't know if it's $50 million a year. That's TBD. Maybe that's next. Now that Brady has re, uh, reestablished the spotlight, I'm sure Rodgers is going to have to find his way back into it here shortly. But Rodgers returns to Green Bay in some fashion, and Russell Wilson joins the Broncos unofficially on a massive blockbuster trade. That's Tuesday. Wednesday, Carson Wentz in our last show as I broke down pending a trade to the Washington Commanders to be their QB1 for 2022 on $28 million. There's been no uh, movement on his contract because Washington doesn't yet have him under contract. That trade does not become official till 4 p.m. Eastern on March 16th, which is Wednesday. So 
again, there's a lot of conjecture here. You know, these things are going to happen 99% of the time they happen, but they haven't yet. So we have to kind of treat that delicately at this point. So that's Wednesday, Carson Wentz. Thursday, Khalil Mack, pending a trade to the Los Angeles Chargers to bolster their defensive line with Joey Bosa. There's three years left. Just the one year is kind of locked in. They're going to move some money around on that because they're going all in, as noted on the last show. They're going to, they're going to push. They're, they're going to be players, whether it's another trade, whether it's some big-time signings. And uh, this is kind of step two of that process, bringing back Mike Williams, of course, step one. Saturday. We got a break on Friday. Friday was kind of boring. Just some, you know, restricted tenders and some small things like that. Some some tea leaves to read. I think the Watson stuff got really fun on Friday. Obviously, that was the announcement of Watson's criminal charges have been alleviated at that point in time. So he got back into the news on Friday and has not stopped. And we'll get to that in a little bit here. But no official, you know, breaking news, major news on Friday from the NFL standpoint. Saturday, Mari Cooper traded to the Browns from Dallas, unofficially, of course, till March 16th. A couple of picks going back and forth there. A couple of, you know, later mid-round picks. I think it's a great move by the Browns. I haven't spoken to this one yet. It's basically one year, $20 million fully guaranteed for Cleveland. They'll restructure that in terms of that cap hit for 2022 because they're in a bit of an all-in mode, even though they didn't look, look like it on the field last year. You know, can they bring back Jarvis Landry on a restructured contract or do they flip him for a pick? Yeah, there's... There's a lot of moving parts here. And by the way, they're in this Deshaun Watson conversation. There's no question about it in my mind. Mary Kay Cabot would not be talking about it publicly if they weren't. Uh, we've had her on the show. She is not shy with her words, but she is not out there to be wrong either. So the fact that there are at least debates, conversations, it sounds like offers being pull, pulled out of Cleveland that include Baker Mayfield, by the way, uh, it's a real thing. He, they might not be a contender. You know, they might not be one of the top three choices, and, and Deshaun will have that option. But we'll get to that at the back end of the show here for sure. So Cooper joins the Browns. He may not be the last one. That's the point of that. And then, of course, today, Sunday, um, <laughs> you know, a Gallup contract, a Zach Ertz contract. We're thinking, great, it's a nice little uh, keep-your-own-guy kind of Sunday afternoon. And then, of course, Tom Brady unretires just in the middle of dinner time on the East Coast followed by Kirk Cousins extended yet again for cap and quarterback purposes. I think Minnesota's out on Watson, and that's their way of saying we need a good quarterback, you know, an above-average quarterback here because, again, we don't know where Aaron Rodgers is going to be with this roster. We Obviously, the Bears are ripping some things off here, and Detroit's still Detroit. So I agree with this, and I'll get to that uh, in segment two here, but that's, that's your, next, like your last six days. Calvin Ridley, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Carson Wentz, Khalil Mack, Amari Cooper, Tom Brady, Kirk Cousins. And that's just the stuff that actually happened. The rumor stuff was crazy. You know, there's going to be a couple of edge rushers that move here. Frank Clark to Marcus Lawrence. And then we get to the actual signing period, which the negotiation period of that starts tomorrow in just a few hours, to be honest. You know, where, where's Chandler Jones heading in terms of his contention? Is Fletcher Cox going to stay in Philadelphia? A lot of moving parts. The NFL is king, and the way that things have been going the past couple of years, they've been ramping that up. There's, there's no doubt about it. These big-time trades, this is new. This is NBA-type stuff. And as I'm going to talk about with Cousins, this could always be what we have with the NFL if the, if the contracts look, smelled, felt, tasted like Kirk Cousins' contracts do. But 
Longer contracts are harder to move. That's why it took forever for Cooper. That's why some of these other deals are just Im- immovable right now. But I'd love to see players, especially quarterbacks, bet on themselves a little bit more because I think this kind of movement is not only possible and would be welcomed by all of us, I think it's good for the league. I think, you know, you can get stale. I think Matt Ryan should have changed teams three years ago. And I think his career would have been better for it. Not that he's not had a couple of decent seasons here, you know, productivity-wise. But I think his contract, and certainly the five to six now restructures, has made that immovable. So I'd love to go short and sweet. Kirk Cousins has done it again. We'll get to that in a second. Let's talk Brady. I think we all kind of assumed this was going to happen. You know, there were some hot takes out there that we kind of thought were not really hot takes and actually had a lot of sense to them. It doesn't seem like Brady's going to demand a trade out of there. It seems like he really is rejoining this roster. And if it just so happens that in six weeks, he looks around and says, man, this roster is a dumpster fire, which is possible. As I've kind of repeatedly tweeted over and over again, there is a hell of a lot of pending free agents on this team right now. All, you know, half of which probably can't be brought back at the prices they're looking for. So, although this will help, this will help. There's always a team discount when Tom Brady's involved. So, don't give up hope that Tom Brady's back, but not all the way back with Tampa Bay. For now, that's the case. So, let's talk about the contract. Um, we've reverted things. Remember, we had dropped this down to the minimum at one point, assuming that he was going to retire, but not be processed as retired until after June 1st for cap purposes. So his 8.9 salary is back and toss in a roster bonus. We're talking about 10.4 million of cash to be earned in 2022. However, however, you'll remember we had Greg Almanov on from The Athletic and him and I went back and forth and then actually kind of worked some things off offline and tweeted accordingly that there was a $15 million bonus from his original $20 million signing bonus last year, 2021. That payment was due in the middle of February, right around the time that he officially announced that he was going to walk away. And it's Greg's belief, and I'm going to follow him his lead here, that that payment was not made. So there's $15 million that was just going to be thrown out because of his retirement. A cash for a bonus that was already earned. So what we've done is I've restored the dead cap for that bonus. So there's now $24 million of dead cap sitting in 2023 on Tom Brady because my assumption is that the contract just has to go back to where it was. And they may say, okay, we're going we're gonna to throw that out. We're going to keep that thrown out. We're going to actually adjudicate that process so that the dead cap can remain just $9 million next year. And we'll roll that into an extension, which... We know it's coming. This is what happens with Tom Brady. He doesn't play on the second year of two-year contract ever because he can help his team out cap-wise and get more cash in his hand. You know, It's possible he says, all right, $10.4 million is fine, but that's not Tom Brady. I mean, he doesn't, he doesn't take 50, but he's generally not taking 10 either. So my guess is it's going to be right back up in the 25 to 30, $35 million range in terms of a one-year extension could look a lot like what Kirk Cousins just did, as I'll get to in a second, in fact. But that there's, a, you know, there's 8 million of proration right now in this current season. So that sticks no matter what they do to the salary. But you throw in a nice signing bonus, drop that base salary a little bit, make those uh, bonuses not likely to be earned in terms of the incentives that he, he earned in 2021. 
and the cap hit can jump down three, four, five, maybe even six million next year, down to about fourteen, even with the signing bonus. And uh, he's got thirty million in his pocket. He's here for twenty twenty two, age forty five, as he told us he was going to do forever ago. He's here for it now. And uh, Buck get, Bucks get cap relief. Brady gets more cash, and then we have to deal with the dead cap situation in twenty twenty three. But there's a lot riding on that $15 million payment because if that has to go back in play and it was never really thrown out in the first place, you know, now we're dealing with $8 million next year, $24 million total next year. And if you, if you toss a new signing bonus in this year and you prorate that over the void years, now we got some complications. Now we got you know, what could be over $30 million of dead cap for Tom Brady in 2023. So that makes things a lot harder. And in that case... I'm not sure they would be doing a big signing. I think it would be a situation where they just have to eat a decent cap in in 2022 on Brady. You know, actually up his situation a little bit. Maybe just kind of maybe keep it where it is. Maybe they have to say, Tom, you can come back, but we need you to play on this. We need you to play on this because it's adding more fuel to this fire is going to crush us in 2023. I mean, Carson Wentz's $33.8 million dead cap hit last year is historic. And any kind of signing bonus, 10, 12, 13, 15 million, would put Brady's number next year way past that. So uh, it's something to consider, but there's a chance that it's a moot point. There's a chance that there's only 9 million sitting next year in terms of voided dead cap, and then they can pile on a $20 million bonus to that. And, you know, it'll be a reasonable big but reasonable dead cap hit to take if and when he actually retires for good after 2022. So there's a lot of things to watch for. Like I said, I have more questions than answers right now in this contract. What I do know is for right now, Tom Brady accounts for just over 20 in cap this year, and he's set to earn 10.4 million cash at least this year with that $15 million payment kind of TBD. So we'll keep up with that. Certainly we'll be uh, working with The Athletic as we did the past couple of weeks here to unlock the most accurate details possible for not only this year, but next year with Tom Brady's cap situation. Kirk Cousins did it again. Was able to uh, exchange some, some messages with his agent, Mike McCartney, not the Dallas Cowboys coach, the legendary now agent of Kirk Cousins, who has yet again, three times in a row, and you can say five if you, can, if you include those franchise tags, which he certainly didn't negotiate, but he didn't complain too much either about Diddy. I mean, neither of these guys have had any issues with the way their financial situation has gone over the past seven years. So contract number three in Minnesota for cap purposes, except for not just for cap purposes. This is the point I want to make off the top here. I'm going to break down the contracts and I'm going to talk about the minutia of it. But if the, if the Minnesota Vikings wanted to clear cap, they could have added void years. They could have restructured his $35 million salary into a signing bonus. They could have even added an extra two, $3 million roster bonus to up his cash as a thank you for renegotiating the contract to add the void years to lower the cap hit. That's probably somewhat possible, except I didn't ask this question because I didn't want to break boundaries. I'm guessing nor Kirk, Kirk nor his agent, Mike McCartney, would have agreed to that route. Because, A, why would I give up my leverage? My leverage being the final year of a contract. My leverage being you don't have a quarterback. 
I am the quarterback and we don't think you're getting Sean Watson to replace me. My leverage being I can just walk away or you can franchise tag me at 120% of, 30, of $45 million. That's not going to happen. He's got all the leverage. He could have said yes or no to anything. And my guess is it's either give me an extra year fully guaranteed, which is where we got, or I'm going to walk away from this thing next year. I'm going to walk into free agency at 34 after Russell's moved, after all these big guys have moved, after Rodgers has re-signed, right? After Brady comes back, but who cares for one year? And he becomes the preeminent option in 2023. That's where my head went to when I saw that they added a new year fully guaranteed to this contract. Why would he, why would he do anything else? Either give me more money, a, a good amount of money to stick around for 2022, and then let's make it difficult for you to get out from under in 2023. So let's get to the structure because that's the point I want to get to next. You've heard the cash flow numbers. The cap stuff isn't that interesting. I was able to confirm that with Mike. There's a $10 million roster bonus, which he'll get in a couple of days. They want to make sure they preserve that for cap purposes. He gets $40 million overall this year. So he was, about, he was going to make 35 He now makes 40 If you include next March, it's 55 because there's a big old $20 million roster bonus sitting there next March, of which $15 million is paid right away in March. And then five more million, the final five million, right around week one. So for cash flow purposes, it's huge. You know, instead of 35 this year, it's essentially 55 this year when you include this time next year's roster bonus payout. So obviously he won that conversation. And Minnesota gets almost 14 million of cap savings this year. So that was their concession. That's what they were looking for, of course. Not to mention they needed the quarterback. Of course. I mean, he's, he's an above average quarterback with elite contracts. I'll never not say that. <laughs> you can argue if he's ever going to be elite. You can tell me he's got a 500 record. That stuff's all valid and true and in some cases, uh, you know, important. But I sit in the numbers side of this, the, the monetary numbers side of this. And I'm telling you what this guy has done over and over and over because of one decision. It's because of one decision. He hit the open market. He was the preeminent free agent in 2018. He had offers from all these teams. I'm sure he had five-year offers from all these teams, maybe even longer. And he wanted three years fully guaranteed. It's still to this day, one of the best decisions in the history of NFL contracts. And this is why. He's getting restructured, not just because they want to keep him around, but because they, they absolutely have to. When you don't offer the opportunity to spread your cap out, it forces the hand. And you can say, well, you know, he should be offering up more cap space for his teammates. You're probably right. There may be uh, $6 to $7 million on an annual basis that Kirk Cousins is taking up that could be given out to, to other positions to help the offensive line and the secondary and whatever else has been needed in the past five years or so. That's probably right. But in not doing that, in not renegotiating to add void years, in not going five years so that signing bonuses can spread out all the way, in going short and sweet with big-time base salaries and non-guaranteed restructures or non-automatic restructures, he has forced decisions. Short contracts, make, especially to quarterbacks, mean big decisions. We know we have to keep you. We cannot let you play on $45 million. That's what the cap hit was two hours ago. And now it's 31. 
now 31. They didn't touch the contract last year. They didn't touch the contract in 2020. Okay. In 2020, he got a brand new extension. So it wasn't, we're just going to, you know, restructure your base salary and see where things are next year. No, no, no. If we're going to restructure, I need new years and I want them guaranteed. Well, he did that with two years guaranteed last time. All right. It's simplified and it's betting on yourself. And Dak Prescott has done this to some degree. I think his contract is extremely strong and veritable. But where, is, where else is there, are there people betting on themselves? I mean, you can look at the Mahomes contract and say it's, it's incredible and it's awestruck and it's amazing. It's fine. But that's not what I'm looking for. This is so much more powerful in every regard. And again, I realize he's not winning. And I realize that he is, his cap hits are higher than most. And there's probably room for improvement around the roster that he could be helping out with cap-wise. But when you don't do that, when you treat this position like it is, which is of the highest importance, and you hold yourself to that financial standard as well, that's what we have here. <laughs> so he didn't have to restructure because he didn't have to restructure. Okay, And he could have said, no, or I walk in 2023. And they said, well, we're probably going to need you. And Again, here's 2023. It's a $10 million base salary, guaranteed. It's a $20 million roster bonus, guaranteed. Because that roster bonus is almost all paid out in March, they're going to move them. They're going to move them immediately. Like, we'll be hearing about a Kirk Cousins trade end of February, first week of March, right about now. Same time the Russell Wilson news came out, basically. All right? And it's going to be hard to do that. But... That's what we're dealing with now. We're dealing with one year Kirk Cousins in Minnesota and then another what if. And you can say that's dumb. He should have longer guarantees. Minnesota should have gotten out of this. That's all fine. But my point is this. Cousins is, is getting his money. He's going to have $231 million earned after 2023. And it's guaranteed. You know, unless he screws up off the field and suspensions void this, it's his. $70 million over the next two years, 231 over his career but we're constantly going to be talking about Kirk Cousins because what are they going to do next year? Are they going to keep him around? The cap hit jumps to 36, which isn't super crazy. Would a team take, a, take Kirk Cousins on it at one year, 30 million? Well, Carson Wentz just won it one year, 28 million. So it stands to reason somebody would take Kirk Cousins at one year, 30 million, fully guaranteed. I think that's right. And I think that's exactly why this contract was structured like it was. A, Cousins wanted more money up front to process this extension as anybody would in negotiation and B by going front loaded and making next year 30 instead of 40 or 35 even. And in reference to Carson Wentz, which I'm sure on people's minds, like it's on mine, that's not that bad in 2023. One year, 30 million to take on Kirk Cousins next year. And then maybe we can restructure him. Maybe he wants to see how it goes first. It's very possible. (laughs) It's very possible that in 11 months, He's at the forefront of conversation yet again because this contract has a tradable out. He may be, you know, falling off a Minnesota team that maybe slides backwards in the standings. Who knows? I'm not going to project that. But it's a very movable contract because of the back, the front load situation. So the details are all on spytrade.com. That has been confirmed, those numbers. And uh, like I said, four, about $14 million saved this year so Minnesota can get themselves basically cap neutral heading towards the negotiation period with plenty of work to do still. There's no question about that either. But that's the big news for today. I'm going to finish with Watson. 
I'll get out of here. Maybe some baseball talk in a couple of days if more things ramp up. It's been good. I mean, I mean, they are they are flying through some of these big time uh, free agent signings. A couple of nice size trades. Mets got another starting pitcher, which makes me happy, of course. But we're gonna obviously soon try to sort of wrap things up as much as possible. We're over two billion in free agent spending, so a lot of the damage has been done. I'll start to put a bow on that and start to speak to the positional spending and teams that are up and down. We'll get to some win projection totals over unders with cousin Dan, which I believe those are out, but I want to see where more of these dominoes fall before I really dive into that. Um, But we're getting close. There's no question. Spring training games are going to start Tuesday, Wednesday. So we're, uh, we're ramping that back up, but obviously this is a big NFL week. So contracts that are out, um, you know, it takes a couple of days generally for me to get the full breakdown. Harold Landry's deal is in some of those smaller contracts more of the weekend are in. Gallup's deal is uh, one to watch because the guarantees are low. The reported guarantees are 27 out of 62.5. You can understand that coming off the injury. But what does that do for a Christian Kirk? What does that do for a Godwin? Things like that. That'll be the, uh, the conversation. This is just a lot of wide receivers that need money. And I have a feeling you're going to see many of these franchises, even the big contenders, say, I'm just going to the draft. <laughs> I'm going to the draft to get my second wide receiver and hope that he turns into a, a 1A receiver on a rookie contract. I, I think a lot of that's going to happen. So it's good. I think that many of these teams kept their own, which we've seen. But I, I'm, I'm interested to see what kind of market for, there is for Christian Kirk at the end of the day, if he's the lone dog. Him and Allen Robinson kind of feel like the two options out there right now with Gallup off the market. And uh, are they $15 million wide receivers? Probably. That's probably exactly right if Gallup's at 12.5. But nobody's going close to that $20 million mark. You know, those guys are staying, which is interesting because, like I said, I think a lot of these teams are going to go to the draft where it's not $20 million. It's $20 million over four years, if that. So fascinating market. The wide receivers have been the past couple of seasons because of the depth and supply and the demand issues. But Zach Ertz stays. Some of those tight ends are falling off the market a little bit. Evan Engram's going to be a big option. O.J. Howard's a big option out there. And uh, what happens with Dalton Schultz-Dallas? Because Dallas is still moving on from pieces. Like I mentioned to Marcus Lawrence, Lyle Collins, the, the guard, has six, seven offers out there to be traded. So I, I, uh, I have it on my notes to get an Edward or somebody from Dallas on this show as soon as possible. Probably right after this first week of free agency to kind of understand if this team is just trying to quickly rebuild, if there's just some animosity, maybe they understand they have to get better certain certain areas and they want to trim some of that cap down so that they can keep some of their more prominent core players for a longer term, or if there's really some carnage happening here because it feels like this is more than a team that was the fourth fourth best odds to win the Super Bowl should be doing prior to free agency. And it's not cap. I mean, they, they had plenty of other ways to free up cap, as I wrote in an article this year. So I'm interested to see where that goes because I, f- I feel like there's more than necessary happening out of Dallas. And uh, like I said, I think the Chargers are going to be big-time players this year. But who gets Deshaun Watson? That's the final segment here. It, this time of year, it's really tough. There's a lot of bullshit out there. There's a lot of agents doing their work, a lot of teams doing their work to kind of negotiate prices and negotiate destinations without tampering, even though we know that stuff happens. So Twitter's the advice for that. We throw some stuff out there, see what sticks, see who does what, blah, blah, blah. Just in reading that, 
I think Seattle's very in. I think Carolina is going to make the most aggressive offer, but but I don't think Deshaun Watson end up there. And obviously, he's got to be on board. He's got to waive the no trade clause. But they're going to be in. I thought Minnesota was in. Obviously, this feels like they're not anymore with, with the Cousins situation. They would never do that, this and that in the same offseason. So they're now out. Seattle in. Carolina in as an offer, but I don't believe in as a contender to win the, win the conversation. And I think Cleveland might be third right now. So Seattle's second, Cleveland's third, Carolina's fourth. I think the Saints are the, are, are the top dogs right now. And it's confusing <laughs> because I think there are better rosters for him out there. I, I, I actually think Cleveland might be a better roster. Now, is that a better destination for him? I don't know. It's not for me to pick, but Seattle and New Orleans feel similar in that there are some studs, especially offensively. And I understand there's some attractive studs on the, on the defensive side of the ball too, if they can keep them. And that's a big deal. There's still some cap to shed, not, certainly not as much as there were two weeks ago. But I get the draw to New Orleans for, for Watson. I think that has been a destination for years now. I think it was a destination for Dak Prescott when his situation was fluid in Dallas. I think it was a destination for Russell Wilson at one point in time. So I get this, but new coach, not Sean Payton's offense anymore, even though they might try to mimic as much as possible. Michael Thomas is a draw. It sounds like that's a part of this conversation that a a Watson Thomas situation would be very, very good. If Thomas can return, I mean, I feel like he hasn't played in two years. Kamara is obviously one of the top weapons in all the game, but is he going to be subject to a suspension here? So, and then by the way, so was Watson. We have to, I, I would have to think that Watson's getting, boy, estimate four to six based on what we've seen other, other kind of quarterbacks of his ability kind of get with even non-criminal charges, just conduct issues. And by the way, a conduct suspension voids his guarantees. Same goes for Elvin Kamara. So just seems like it's a bit of a, an unstable situation with a coaching change with obviously more cap casualties, with some unsteady contracts on the defensive side of the ball. The left tackle, I think, is leaving. I think there's going to be huge offers for, for Taron Armstead. So it's, to me, it's not the most ideal situation. I still think Cleveland has that. And New Orleans is more of a draw, for sure. And Thomas is a playmaker, for sure. And Kamara is a playmaker. For sure. But Brady's back. I don't know if that impacts anything. It could very, very well be this. It could very well be. That's my landing spot. I realize it looks messy right now. But if we're thinking long term, which they can, this contract has four years left on it, Deshaun Watson. It could be one year to get acclimated to build the roster properly, right? Start to bring in some more pieces, especially through this draft coming up. And then 2023 is go time for Deshaun Watson. And if that's, if that's how we can look at this, then New Orleans is certainly as good as any of these other teams. And there's no question about that. So I like this. If this is what happens, it seems like it's heading there. But that's how I have this ranked right now. Now, look, I could be completely wrong. Philadelphia could come in swinging huge 
with Hertz and and ton, you know those first round picks they have and and a future seconds and and big time capital and some of their players by the way could look very similar to the Russell Wilson trade and Philly could take this thing in a heartbeat they've been dark horses with a lot of these quarterback conversations so I'm not going to put them there yet but I I want to acknowledge that they're there at some point but for me it's New Orleans. Seattle, Cleveland, and Carolina in that order. And I think it's going to be quick. Uh, a part of me thinks these teams should wait for the NFL decision, but that could be a long time. That could be well through free agency here, knowing that a lot of the civil stuff has to get through, get passed through, and NFL investigations probably going to wait until all that's at least sorted before they make their final decision. So... Uh, I don't believe that that'll hold up this actual move. I think we'll hear about it, if not right away Wednesday, shortly, shortly after, because like I said, there's a long play here with Deshaun Watson. It's, we're going to take some pain immediately here, and we may already have pain on a roster that we have to clean up anyway. And then as the season goes on and we all get kind of acclimated, 2023 is what we're really eyeballing for this guy to bring back his situation as a quarterback, you know, a star quarterback in this league versus a roster that much of we much we already have but maybe a third we have to tinker with to now fit this new quarterback it's possible all right we'll keep it short and sweet today obviously there's plenty more to come every hour and uh nfl's negotiation period starts tomorrow that's monday if you're listening and uh then we'll be ramping up to the official stuff march 16th things become official I'll start to turn those agreed to into signed with. I'll get more breakdowns. Certainly the uh, Max Crosby contract is now in spotchart.com. It's a good one. It's three years, 52 million. If you haven't seen that one yet on the site, Harold Landry's similar, a little bit less guaranteed, especially up front, but the edge rushers are falling off quickly here and there's going to be three, four more big, big contracts to come this week. So free agency is here. It's been plenty busy as we timelined over the past week here. Any questions at spotchart on Twitter, Obviously, the baseball stuff as well. Um, we are tracking that by the minute. And they're coming in, like I said, at a pretty good clip. So we should be wrapping that, I'd say, in the next 10 days or so, so with most of the notable names. And then it'll be about getting the positional breakdown set up, understanding depth charts, getting some win totals, things like that. That'll be, if not the next show, two shows out alongside this free agency roundup and recaps and things like that. And uh, as promised, any of these longer contracts, Max Crosby, Harold Landry, I'll be doing full breakdowns on our YouTube page that uh, break down the number by number with me kind of showcasing the contract and going through the dead cap situation and the potential out and the guarantee structure and all that. So look for that on our YouTube page. And uh, we'll be back in a couple of days with another edition of the Spot Track Podcast. <laughs>